This is a Teamster Canada podcast. A Teamster's Story The Field Derailment. It's almost beyond belief that it's left up to, to the victims, you know, the bereaved, to actually fight for justice. Transport Canada's mandate when it comes to the railroad is the uh, economic viability of the rail companies. Uh, safety has always been, in my opinion, a distant second. So what's the government's response right now? I mean, uh, is that their method of ensuring the laws applied effectively by not investigating it to get the facts to see if the law even applies? We want to make sure that when our members wake up in the morning, they go to work, they will make it back home. February 2019, a two km train containing grain is headed to field British Columbia. On board, three Canadian Pacific Railway workers and members of Teamsters Canada Rail Conference, Dylan Paradis, Andrew Dockrell, and Danielle Waldenberg-Balmer. The three men had no idea that they would be victims of a disaster that almost two years later is still the subject of much discussion. To understand what happened that day, let's listen to the president of Teamsters Canada Rail Conference, Lyndon Isaac. On, uh, I believe it was the morning of February 4th in 2019, there was a crew on a train that had an air brake malfunction, ended up having a runaway and uh, went through, I believe it was 25 per track at speeds uh, well over that and uh, ended up derailing, killing three of our members, three of our brothers. There was, there was a lot of contributing factors, but the air brakes are, are the biggest contributing factor, I think, in this accident. Don Ashley is the National Legislative Director of Teamsters Canada Rail Conference. Immediately following the incident, the TSB launched an investigation. TSB stands for Transportation Safety Board. This independent agency investigates incidents in the transportation industry. CP Police Services launched an investigation. And from that point forward, the TC, the TSB investigation is still ongoing. The CP Police investigation is concluded. We don't know what the results of that are. So we don't really have the details until we get the TSB report. And who knows if we'll ever be privy to the CP Police report. Robert B. Stewart is an expert in occupational psychology specialized in safety culture. In most of the cases that we look at, it's very clear. Like here, here is Calgary Police Service, it's the RCMP, it's the OPP, it's, it's, it's clear in the jurisdiction. What happened with the CP Rail Police, and I was just like everybody else. I thought, I, I didn't realize that they were police in the normal sense as we think of the OPP or, or, or RCMP. It's like, you're kidding. I, I thought they were like glorified security guards type, type thing, you know? And then you start finding out, well, no, they're actually police service that is directed and controlled by a private corporation, which is just bizarre. And the RCMP are saying, well, we can't investigate this because we're not the police of jurisdiction. Don Ashley. Well, first of all, let's look at police forces in general. Their role is to serve and protect the public. A corporate police force, their role is undoubtedly to serve and protect the corporation they work for. Um, whether or not they try to do a biased investigation, it's tainted in so many ways. 
François Laporte is the president of Teamsters Canada and vice president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. When something happens at CN or at CP, it's not uh, appropriate to have their own police force to investigate on, uh, on their own company. First, it's not fair for the police force, first of all. And secondly, it creates, uh, a, the, uh, it creates a concept of, well, there is no transparency. Maybe they have something to hide. Or, and it's not a matter of, of bashing CN or CP. What we rely on is to make sure we rely on the fact that um, these investigations must be clear, must be open, there has to be transparency, which it's not the case at this point. A potential conflict of interest in the Canadian Pacific Police investigation isn't the only impediment to uncovering the truth about what really happened during the derailment. You know, if we look back to uh, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's statement he issued uh, on the day of mourning in 2017 and i'll quote he said next month will mark the 25th anniversary of the westray mine disaster in remembering this terrible day our government commits to working to ensure the westray law is applied effectively and negligent employers are held responsible so what's the government's response right now i mean uh, is that their method of ensuring the laws applied effectively by not investigating it to get the facts to see if the law even applies because that's the position we're in right now don ashley is referring to the westray mine opened in 1991. the mine was the site of an underground methane explosion killing 26 miners Six days after the explosion, the Nova Scotia provincial government launched a public inquiry into the Western mine and the safety issues resulting from the explosion. Charges were filed, but after several twists and turns, none of the executives of the company that operated the mine were convicted. As a result of the failure to successfully prosecute the mine's owners and managers, Canadian trade unions initiated a lobbying campaign to amend the Criminal Code of Canada. Their goal was to hold criminally liable managers and directors of corporations that failed to protect the lives of their workers. In 2003, the federal government enacted Bill C-45 in direct response to the Westray mine disaster. Unfortunately, this law has yet to be enforced almost 20 years after it was first passed. Where is the federal government? Nikki Ashton is a member of parliament and was transportation critic for the NDP. The role of the federal government, in part, is to keep Canadians safe. A particular role when it comes to uh, workplaces under federal jurisdiction and uh, and ensuring that 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 essential workers are are safe. Lyndon Isaac. In this particular incident, there were I believe two prior incidents with runaways on that hill. There were some other things that the rail companies were aware of that we weren't, and there were things that I'm sure Transport Canada was aware of that that we weren't. Canada's rail industry is regulated in a special way. The companies not only write the playbook, but they also enforce it. It's called self-regulation. It was decided by the government that it made more sense for the rail industry to make their own set of rules, their own set of operating rules, than for government to uh, legislate them. So the idea was industry would write the rules, and it could be through their lobbyist, and Transport Canada would then rubber stamp those rules. We, as the actual workers in the industry were allowed our input on it, but 
for the most part, what really mattered to Transport Canada was what, what industry had to say and the rules they came up with. Our input was, had limited effect on the end result. François Laporte. Self-regulation, as far as we are concerned, does not work. We have to have uh, Transport Canada more involved in uh, railway safety. Um, it's, uh, it's a concept that on paper it looks good, but we know that uh, at the end of the day, the shareholders' well-being is more important than rail safety. So that's the problem, and self-regulation does not work. Self-regulation is, is a huge issue. It is a clear result of uh, uh, the neoliberal agenda uh, to, uh, um, for, for governments to do away with their responsibilities, uh, responsibilities that include the safety of workers, the safety of their citizens, and, uh, and put it in the hands of corporations who we know, for them, the number one consideration is the bottom line. We want to make sure that when our members wake up in the morning, they go to work, they will make it back home. When will get back a tightly knit community? I worked for a company where things weren't always easy. Our overtime was not always paid. The boss had favorites. And I even saw co-workers being harassed. And I'm not even talking about the wages. So at one point, I got in touch with the Teamsters. They put me through to an organizer who explained in detail and easily how to organize. I was afraid the boss would find out, but I understood that it was a confidential process. Once we were unionized, we negotiated our first collective agreement. We got good raises, a decent pension, and heck, even the boss started treating us better. If you want to join a union, or if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact the Teamsters. Write them at organize at teamsters.ca or visit teamsters.ca slash organize. All information is confidential. It's secure. It's simple. Canadian citizens know little about the railway industry. The work is hard, the hours are long, and the pressure is great. To better understand this industry, let's hear from Lyndon Isaac of Teamsters Canada Rail Conference. The railroad is a, is a very tight-knit family. Railroaders are, only the, are the only people who understand what other railroaders do. It's very hard to describe to somebody what it's like to be on a, a, an engine or work in the yard for you know, 12, 14, and however many hours in a day. It, it takes a toll physically and mentally, and not a lot of people understand that. And that's why railroaders are such a tight community, and it's such a sense of loss when we lose members. It, it's... It's really hard to describe th that sense. When new workers are hired in the rail industry, they usually ask the same question to the experienced ones. What can you tell me about railroading? And I said, you're going to find out two things. You never knew what tired was until you get on this job because the schedule, like our shifts are for the most part not scheduled. And uh, you'll never, you could never uh, fathom the degree of, uh, of fatigue that you could feel on this job. The other thing is you'll never know what cold is until you get on this job, especially in Saskatchewan. But what caused the field derailment? Did the temperature cause the crash? Was the train in good mechanical condition? Is the company to blame? Did the workers make a mistake because of fatigue? Fatigue is a problem that uh, 
occur in this in this industry more particularly we've lost lots of uh, of our members who die on the job um, some are uh, related to fatigue some are not but our my point is uh, we have to find a way to make uh, uh, the life of the railway workers more uh, more normal if i can say so um, we have a working schedule that uh, are simply not safe we have working schedule who uh, bring people on a job who are still tired fatigue and it's it's something that has to be addressed to better understand fatigue we have talked to clinton marquardt one of canada's leading expert in sleep and fatigue what is fatigue so in in my world the area that i work in i work with a very specific type of fatigue that i refer to as sleep related fatigue that is fatigue is a symptom of sleep related factors now uh, if you think about how the term fatigue can be used at least in the english language it can be used to describe a, a number of different states one is as i mentioned sleep related fatigue uh, which is this, the same thing as saying sleepiness Uh, and it goes from very low level of sleepiness, that is a very low level of fatigue, all the way to a very high level of fatigue or sleepiness where you're, it's almost impossible to stay awake. It's important to distinguish uh, this type of fatigue from other essentially sources of fatigue. So we will often talk about physical fatigue and mental fatigue. Uh, physical fatigue results from using your body intensely for a short period of time, like going to the gym and working out or using it constantly for a long period of time. After using it intensely for a short period of time or uh, just consistently for a long period of time, people will often say, I feel fatigued. But just because you've worked out for an hour doesn't mean you're gonna fall asleep more quickly. So it's, 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 it's a different type of fatigue that I, that I work in. Uh, the other one it often gets mixed up with is what I refer to as mental fatigue. So similar to physical fatigue, you can become mentally fatigued after essentially using your brain power very intensely, like trying to deal with an emergency situation uh, and for a short period of time, or uh, by using essentially your brain power for a long period of time. It is impossible to know if fatigue was the cause of the derailment. In fact, no one knows what really happened. Therefore, days, weeks, and months went by. The findings of the CP inquiry aren't made public. A former CP police officer who investigated the crash was interviewed by the media, claiming CP blocked him from speaking with key witnesses, withheld evidence, and ordered officers to focus the investigation on the crew. Meanwhile, the families of the victims are still looking for answers. Two years later, I still have days where I, um, I am unable to grasp that this is reality. Pam Fraser is the mother of Dylan Paradis, one of the railroaders who died in the field derailment. For instance, I have an area that I keep that is a shrine to Dylan. It's got all my sentimental and special things from him over the years. And I changed it up a few days ago and the area. It was very, very difficult because up until that day, it's was actually last week, I've been unable to hang his photos because to, to look at my beautiful son breaks my heart. I have rarely seen the kind of grief, very fresh, very apparent grief um, 
all-encompassing grief that these families are still living in because of the lack of answers. Nikki Ashton. Uh, you know, and, and the answers won't bring their loved ones back. But the sense of justice, and this is what we heard from the families, you know, an independent investigation, finding who made the calls, you know, who pushed for those calls, and seeing action be taken in response to those calls is critical to bringing some sense of closure for these families. Robert B. Stewart. It's almost beyond belief that it's left up to, to the victims, you know, the bereaved, to actually fight for justice. We Canadians should not have to advocate the families, the grieving, those of us left behind. Why is it up to us to, um, to push and fight and dig for justice, for accountability? It shouldn't be up to us. You know, our job should be getting on with the grieving and, and adjusting to what the new life looks like. But how do we find answers to the questions of the families of the deceased workers? Who should conduct the investigation and how? How do we investigate these type of incidences? Because you have to be able to cut through the, the corporate culture, um, the hierarchy that is there to and really get to the motivations and the decision making to why those senior executives made the decisions that they made. And in, in a lot of cases, when you look at it, Um, you can see the indicators of criminality in the vast majority of cases. CPR is felt insulated in that they can investigate themselves, they can control a narrative, and that gives them, I believe, a, a sense of impunity, a sense of protection and insulation from being held accountable and being beholden to their employees, shareholders, the public at large. And the NDP, Nikki Ashton, the Teamsters, we're all on the same page that this cannot continue, this must change. At the end of 2020, nearly two years after the tragedy, there was good news for railroad workers, but more importantly for the families of the victims of the field derailment. So along with uh, with the family of the victim and, uh, and politicians from uh, various political formation, we have called for uh, an independent investigation to understand what happened at field. Uh, the RCMP announced in December 2020 that they were taking charge of this investigation and uh, we are hopeful that corrective action will be taken to ensure that such a derailment never happen again. In addition, it will uh, allow family to grieve and hopefully to move on. The tragic deaths of these three Canadian Pacific workers have, of course, left deep scars that will take time to heal. The pain felt by the family members of the three men who lost their lives has been compounded by the lack of answers. But they will still have to be patient. The RCMP investigation will take time, because let's not forget that two years have passed since this sad accident. Will we ever fully understand what happened? Will we finally be able to launch independent police investigation whenever derailment occur? And most importantly, will we ever achieve a significant improvement in workers' safety in the rail industry?
These investigations are going to take probably another year so we can find out all the facts. You know, whenever something like this occurs, you want to look for blame right away. Somebody, you know, who's the who's the bad guy? And it's easy to point the fingers at the carrier, but we need the facts. Dylan's family on both mine and his father's side, we have over 300 years of collective service with the CPR that Dylan's family has been loyal to Canadian Pacific Railway. We've lost Dylan, most certainly. We've lost another, there was another life lost two years ago to uh, jumping off a runaway train. My, my father's brother, when they were young, teenagers lost an arm in the scriber yard. And my, my uh, great-grandfather actually got a pin for 60 years continuous service. So we've given a lot to that company. We've given too much and there's not a whole heck of a lot we want back except what's commonly accepted throughout corporate Canada as it is. We would like to thank Pam Fraser, François Laporte, Lyndon Isaac, Don Ashley, Nikki Ashton, Clinton Marquardt, Robert B. Stewart, Kelly Jagir, and Christopher Monette for their participation to this podcast. Host, designer, and editor, Stéphane Lacroix. This has been a production of Teamsters Canada's national office. Stay tuned for more Teamsters stories on Apple and Google Podcasts and on our Facebook and Twitter pages, as well as on teamsters.ca. Thank you.